It's October 30th. This is College Ruled, the podcast. We're gonna have a soft intro today. Uh, (laughs) college is hard, so let's talk about it. Sure. Um, I'm Bradley Smith. Tanya's here. Hello. Uh, doing a late night cast for the first time. We've been morning casters so far. Mm Mm-hmm. But... It's really it's dark outside, and we're gonna keep it chill. We've been procrastinators, so we are recording very late. <laughs> that was quite bad. Yep, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm I'm feeling I'm you know, I'm feeling pretty good. It's uh, winter has arrived in in Kentucky for the most part. Um, it has not in the Southwest. Um, it was 72 degrees today. The day before. Yeah. Goodness. <laughs> yeah. That's just how it goes. But, um, but I'm pumped for the holiday. Tanya is a big Halloween person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I got to do some dressing up and going to some parties this weekend. Got to celebrate, which is always fun. Uh, a crucial part of the college experience, a Halloween party, I would say. So, at your new institution, which will be a more classic four-year, I highly recommend trying to find a good Halloween party to get in on. That sound I, I'll keep that in mind. That sounds hard. I don't know how I would do. I don't know how I would do that. I also don't know how I would fit it in to my life. But <laughs> I appreciate. You got to make room. You got to make room. It's very important. Make room for fun, um, because if you don't make room, no one else will do it for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so, how has your week been so far? My week's been good. Uh, well, okay, let me reframe that. <laughs> my week okay. has gotten better over time. Oh, okay. Um, my week started out fairly anxious. We we talked last week about um, this English assignment I have and how I some issues I was having with what the expectations. Um, but I started my week on Monday, getting back my second of three trig exams and i missed one point on it mm. uh, so that was a very that was a good uh motivator yeah um i i i sometimes it seems like certain educators feel like uh being very harsh on their students should motivate them but i don't feel that way at all i feel when i get a bad grade even if like there's some positive criticism i i feel terrible mm-hmm. uh Getting getting a very good grade motivates me to do to do to work much harder than getting bad grades. Uh, I would agree. Uh, I feel the same way. Not everybody does. I do know that, but yeah. but yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah. So I um, that that helped a little bit. But then I was so my uh, my this English assignment that we talked about was due uh, at this point a week ago, mm-hmm. and I turned it in today. Hmm. Um, and as I mentioned in this class, there's no penalties for late assignments. It's mostly just a scheduling thing, but yeah. I now have, um, it feels good. I have it off my back. Uh, I had to take some of my own advice and sit down with my wife and talk through where I was at to try and get my head around things. Nice. And that helped a lot. That helped me get break through on the last bit of it. I was having trouble. I'm writing about climate change. And I have to have a thesis where I argue against another side. And I wanted to focus mostly on the nature of climate denial and what mm-hmm. can be done to fix it. But the way that I was approaching it didn't 
I was having trouble figuring out what what opposing arguments even were to that because it was such an opinionated like I don't know. That's not the point. I figured it out. No, I got gotcha. you. We talked we talked a couple of weeks ago, I think, about um, programmers and their ducks that they talk to, mm-hmm. um, and so I actually was just out and about shopping, and I got a little kind of duck for myself. It's not actually a duck. I got uh, I got myself a new little buddy to talk to at my desk, and it is a um, like a Funko Pop figure type deal. It's like a bobblehead figure, mm-hmm. um, and it is one of the characters from Doctor Strange. It's uh, Kaecilius, the bad guy. <laughs> so I never saw that movie, but... It's great. It was... It's great. Yeah. I really liked it. Uh, there was some controversy around casting, but I won't get into that, because that's neither here nor there. I just really like the character Kaecilius. He's played by Mads Mikkelsen, um, who's one of my favorite actors. And so I got this little bobblehead for my desk, and I had a student come in during office hours, and I don't think that they're used to teachers having bobbleheads on their desks especially not of uh, very colorful comic book characters uh, but that's kind of my jam i study you know nerd culture and whatnot so did you say but mads yeah. mickelson yeah mads mickelson i'm also a fan of him and i i'm gonna there's gonna be some typing while i google what that looks like because i did oh, not know he was in that movie yeah kaecilius c-a-e-c-i-l-i-u-s-e-i what See. You can just put Doctor Strange in. Okay. Mads Mikkelsen, Doctor Strange. Yeah, he's the bad guy. Smoking hot. <laughs> okay, man, you you were like, hey, it starts with a K, and I was like, mm, C. No, I C said sounds C. right. Did you? C-A-E. Oh, Google says Google says K. Oh well. Oh wow. I took Latin, and they would have spelled it with a C. Just saying. He's got, he's got quite a ponytail and some crazy eyes. Yeah, he's killing it. Okay, I'm at, we're so we're getting so far off topic already. Yeah, just a little. Um, well, so I, I went through my week procrastinating on this paper and just not working on it. And, and when I uh, should have been working on my paper, what I did instead was buy a new game on Steam and just play it for days. <laughs> what a coincidence! I too have done that. <laughs> I bought um, Cities Skylines. I've been playing Stardew Valley. Yeah, we should yeah. talk about that separately sometime. Toads with goats. Uh, um, I had uh, I was going to go to a ha- Halloween party on Friday, and mm. I and my plans changed. But a, a friend of mine was hosting a bone identification party. She is uh-huh. an anthropologist, and uh, at or like mail ordered a bunch of different animal bones, plus I think has some of her own, and was going to have everyone over, like a bunch of people over, yeah. to uh, sit around and identify bones. That's so awesome. Uh, which is pretty cool and then in my calendar i wrote uh uh october 28 27th bone party which is sounds very different than what it actually was i like either idea um uh so you said you planned on going to it but yeah it just got to be she ended up getting overwhelmed because she was like i'll just have a couple people over and then it was like 15 people in her tiny house no and uh so it just got to be a lot of people, and then my wife and I had had a long week, and we just decided to chill. Yeah. But the following day, we uh, w- were invited by another person that we know to go see an off-Broadway performance of Finding Neverland. Ooh, fun. Which we, which I literally ha- I had heard of, but I literally knew nothing about. Um, mm-hmm. And that was super cool. Very fun. And then between some time yesterday and some time today, I got that English assignment finished. I have a, I have some trig homework that's, that's due in, what time is it? 
It's due in two hours and ten minutes. But, uh... Yeah, you might want to get on that, my friend. Yeah. I'll have an opportunity to, to redo it. It'll okay. reopen before the, our next exam, but... Um, my wife and I put on some spooky music off Spotify and carved pumpkins today. Fun. So, and as I mentioned, it's like basically winter all of a sudden. Uh, yeah. It, uh, there was a handful of snowflakes earlier today for like two minutes. I heard that. I heard it was uh, snowing out towards the east. Can't say I am jealous, actually. I mean, I don't like the hot weather, but anyway. Yeah. It's it, it it very quickly went from like why is it so hot in October to we need to wash our winter coats right now. Yeah, yep, that's the struggle. I was uh, yeah having to scramble through totes. It did have we did have one or two cold days, but mostly it stayed very warm. But hey, it's the Southwest. That's what it does. Um, but yeah, so like so procrastinating is kind of your topic for the week then. Basically, yeah. Um, I've I was just caught in an anxiety hole for like mm-hmm. five straight days not doing this assignment that I needed to do. Um, and the longer you wait, the worse it gets. Yeah, and then I felt it was, it culminated in, I was completely free Friday. I had literally nothing to do from like when I woke up at like 7 o'clock in the morning until like 6 p.m. And literally all I did was play play City Skylines. I didn't even touch it. <laughs> oh um, man, we have all played... been there. <laughs> um... Yeah, and then once I actually sat down to work on it, it was over very fast. Like, once I actually, like, made myself do it. But it just, uh, the anxiety took over, and it just became, it felt, it felt so, it made it feel so insurmountable. And yeah. um, we've talked a little bit about how I kind of find this professor frustrating. He mm-hmm. frequently communicates with a lot of cap lo- caps lock, it seems like. Mm-hmm. And that started to aggravate my anxiety Um too, because then I was feeling anxious about this assignment, and every time I like opened Blackboard to get more info, like trying to reconfigure my information that I needed for what to do, I had to read his very like what to me, what sounds to me like very aggressive posts about our assignments, mm-hmm. and that didn't help. Yeah, I uh, I would agree with you that I don't really like that kind of uh, vibe when when professors use all caps and stuff like that, it definitely uh, increases kind of that sense of fear and anticipation. And, and I just, oh, I don't like that. It freaks me out. So yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. So I, I feel you there. I 1000% uh, agree. And so I, I swear upon my honor, I shall do my best to do my duty to my students <laughs> to not do that. <laughs> to not put <laughs> in my syllabus or in my unless it's very 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 important it's constant with this guy i don't want to i don't want to come off as an unprofessional podcaster um but man fuck this professor he seems so <laughs> he seems so good at what he does everything about the book that we're using that he wrote is really great all the processes that he teaches the way that the class is structured other than him having cut the deadline short is really helpful to get your ideas together like it's really good but everything about the the how he interacts with us interpersonally i just can't stand it mm. yeah i 1000 percent get that too i have had in the past is what i will say i have had in the past um professors who are fantastic at their job they kill the game they're so so good 
um, and I've learned so much from them. But at the same time, and it's usually not even due to personal politics or anything like that. It's usually just their countenance, the way that they interact with students, the way that they carry themselves, the way they conduct their classroom. It just doesn't gel. There are just some people in life that, you know, you just can't stand and that's how it is. And, and I'm sure that, you know, it's different for each student. So I'm sure that there are students in your class who, um, this works perfect for them. The way that he treats the class works perfect for them. Like the way he interacts with students is, you know, ideal where it is antithetical to your notions it would be perfect for somebody else so Mm -hmm. it's tough but i think that's and i'm usually not the person to kind of give this defense but uh, i think sometimes that's just how the cookie crumbles like that's just the way life is um and i know i know for a fact once i start like teaching in earnest that there will be students who can't stand my style absolutely will not be able to stand my style i hope they still learn i hope they still find value in my class i know they will still learn I hope they still find value in my class and enjoy it to a certain extent. Um, but yeah, I, I know just because of my mannerisms and the way that I am and, uh, I care about stuff a lot. I talk very fast. I get very excited. Um, and so that, that doesn't drive with a lot of people. I'm also very into being interactive. Um, so I like to ask my students questions and keep people involved and engaged. And if you're not paying attention, I'm not cool with that. Like my classroom is a, is and will forever be a no phones, no devices, unless you have um, a disability statement type thing. Uh, absolutely not. Like unless you absolutely need your laptop out to take notes um, and it's, and it's an accommodation through the university. Nope. I don't want any devices out in my classroom pen and paper notes, pencil and paper notes, whatever you want to do. If you want to record a lecture, fine. But like seeing students on Facebook and stuff, I can't do that. And some students hate that style because some students do have their laptops out to take notes and they are doing the right thing, but it's just not my vibe. So, so yeah, my, my teaching style and my countenance with my students will be, um, absolute torture for some of them. I am sure. (sighs) Yeah. Everybody has a different style. So yeah. Um, how prevalent is like laptop note taking where you are? Because it's it's pretty rare at my college. All, virtually, virtually everyone uses pen and paper. Literally, I would say eighty-five to ninety percent of the student body has their laptop out during class. Well, that's a lot. Yeah, and it drives me up the wall. And all the professors in my department here are pretty chill with it. They allow it, and they you know say you know that's fine, whatever. Um, even in small classrooms, like I could understand saying like, yeah, whatever you want in a large classroom because students are kind of going to do what they want to do anyway. Um, but even in small classrooms, they'll let students have their tablets and and laptops out and stuff. And, and they're not typing, like they're clearly clicking around. They're clearly on Facebook. They're scrolling through other stuff, writing essays for other classes. Like I've seen them do all kinds of stuff, which by the way, to all of our student listeners, as a TA, uh, we are paying attention. I do know about your friend's girlfriend's new baby on Facebook. I do know that you were working on a PowerPoint last week. I can see it, and because I see it, your professor also knows. Um, oh boy. We just don't say anything unless it becomes a, a big problem. But I promise you are doing a disservice to yourself, uh, especially if 
this is your specialty. Like if you are in a specialized class for your discipline, you should probably not be scrolling on Facebook. But that's my that's as far as I'm going to get into the preaching zone. Um, yeah. And and I say all that to just kind of emphasize that as a student myself, not as a TA, not as a, a professor or anything like that, um, as a student myself. I have a laptop. I could bring it. I could take notes. I could do it that way. And I've done it that way before. And it's never as effective. I never do as well on that material. I never remember it as well. It's just not the way. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's so prevalent where I'm at now. It wasn't so much at my last institution, a little bit, but not, not as much as here. Um, and I just, I just won't have it. I actually had a stats professor in my undergrad, a statistics professor, who, if he saw your phone out during class, unless you could prove that it was an actual emergency emergency, you would lose 10% of your grade for the final immediately. Oh my goodness. Yeah. He had a no phone classroom policy. He could not stand them. And I don't know if I would ever be that extreme, but... Um, I do know there is one thing that I've seen professors do before that I really like, which is um, your attendance would be worth a significant portion of your grade. So like 15, 20, 25 percent of your grade is attendance. Um, and if they see you on your phone or your device doing stuff that's not class related, uh, then they will count you as absent because you're not present during the class. Seems like a decent compromise for that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, I really like that. So it's like, if you're going to show up and dick around on your phone the whole time, that's fine, but you're not going to get credit for being here because you're not paying attention and you're not engaging and you're being disrespectful. Like, I'm not here for that. So, and again, I try not to be too preachy because I'm a student myself, but like, as a student, I've always felt the same way. Like me personally, before I decided to go into academia as like a career career and be a professor and, and all that good stuff. Um, as a little undergrad student in my lecture hall, like I would give the stink eye to other, <laughs> to other 18 year olds who were on their phones or on their devices or whatever. Ooh, okay. I don't mean to sidetrack us too much, but this is too good of a story not to tell. And it is very related, I promise. Um, so in my undergrad, I was in a, uh, a sociology of work course with this great professor uh, I will call him, I don't know, Dr. Doe. So Dr. Doe is teaching this sociology of work class and he's talking about, we, we get to talking about um, the work of, of being a professor and living an academic life. And he started talking mm -hmm. about some of the, some of the little ins and outs, nuts and bolts stuff of being a professor. And, and he got on the topic of devices in class and he's a very analog kind of guy, like non-digital. He doesn't like devices out in his classroom. He feels similarly to the way I do. Um, and we were like, a couple students in the class said, you know, Dr. Doe, why do you feel so strongly about that? Why do you hate technology so much? And he was like, well, I didn't at first. I didn't hate it at first. You people made me hate it. And we were <laughs> like, what do you mean? And so he tells this story about um, an intro class that he was teaching. He was teaching an introduction to sociology course. And uh, he looks into the audience. It was like a 100, 120 seat class. He looks into the audience and somebody's holding up a piece of paper to him and he looks real close. He tries to be chill, but he looks real close. He reads the paper and it says he's watching porn with an arrow oh. pointing to a student like one oh ahead and one seat over. 
So the student that was being indicated as watching pornography in class uh, had his laptop out and headphones in. Yeah. But the, the classroom was set up to where the professor, Dr. Doe, could get around by the student without him noticing. Yeah. Uh, it, it's hard to describe without knowing the layout of the room I'm talking about. But uh, Well, it so, seems like he was otherwise engaged. Yeah, yeah. So he wasn't super-duper paying attention to class anyway. Um, and so Dr. Doe uh, is furious. Absolutely livid, angry. He takes his classes very seriously. He takes his profession very seriously. And he cannot stand being disrespected by students, which... I understand, like, you know, professors work really, really hard to get the degrees that they have, and, you know, they know you don't want to be there in an intro class, they know it's a general education class, they understand, but you don't have to be a dick, you know what I mean? Like, and so, mm -hmm. he, but he's really particular about that sort of stuff, so he sneaks up on, on Mr. Porno in, in, like, the fifth row or whatever. The thing that kills me is he wasn't even sitting in the back, like, this yeah. dude was watching porn in class, like... Four or five he, rows he from the basically front. had an audience. Yeah, people behind him knew what he was doing. Uh, and so Dr. Doe walks up and uh, yanks, yanks out the mic cord, yanks out the headphone cable. Oh. Yep. And it just started playing outright. And the student snapped his laptop shut immediately and the sound went off. And Dr. Doe said, get up. Get out of my class and don't ever come back. You will be oh here. Oh my goodness! From, you know, blah blah blah. This person, that person in in charge, that sort of stuff. And like the class that I was in, the 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 sociology at work class that I was in, that he was describing the story. We literally started clapping for him. We were like, yes. <laughs> it was so good because like, I just I can't imagine the gall, like the the absolute disrespect yeah. and disregard for everyone else like if you're gonna watch porn just stay home like please stay home don't don't do that in a class don't do that in public first of all and right. don't do it in a classroom because some professors will burn you like they will they will destroy you that kid never showed back up he's lucky he didn't get kicked out of the university because we asked we were like you know what happened to him well he you know got he failed the class obviously and he got some kind of reprimand from the, the school. But, but yeah, just, oh, man, just don't. Yeah. Stop pen and paper. You can't get in trouble with pen and paper. Doodle. Just doodle like every student has done since the beginning of time. <laughs> and you'll save yourself and the professor and the administration and possibly the police a whole lot of trouble. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's super gross. I know. It's the worst. And, I can't and astoundingly, um, I don't even know what the word for it is. Yeah, just ridiculous. Uh, and I'm terrified because, like, that was in an intro class. I teach, I'm going, I don't teach, but I'm going to be teaching. I specialize in sex and sexuality. And, like, I'm a young woman. So, like, I don't even want to imagine. I literally do not want to imagine what shenanigans my students might be getting up to in my class. Because I would like to think, you know, oh, all of these mature young people wanting to study sex and sexuality in a very scientific way. When, honestly, if we're being real several if not a significant portion not half or more but a significant portion of the class will probably be in that class because they read the title and they were like oh it's about sex i want to go learn about sex <laughs> and i'm just yeah. i'm just waiting for it because you know as an as an undergraduate i took those classes and 
I ended up in classes with people who were like, this is a class about sex. I want to learn about sex. Like, in this really gross way instead of in the way that it's intended. So you yeah. get to avoid all of that with, with your math focus. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's back to the um, pen and paper thing. I've yeah, always it- been a... I've always been a uh, a pen and paper person. I like ever since I started college have uh, always powered down my phone when I went into class, even if it was like a one like forty five minute class. And then I was leaving. Mm. I just don't have. I'm like you. I don't have a lot of tolerance for like uh, people not being present. Uh, because I view like college is such a such a, a privileged thing mm-hmm. to be able to attend. Like in my um, in my trigonometry class of like twenty five people, there is one person uh, who is has a laptop in there for notes, and I trust that they they seem on top of things enough. Uh, I trust that they are actually working. Yeah, um, yeah. There are some people ir- who make it work, but yeah. Yeah, ironically, my my trig professor uh, has literally there's a, a person who sits in the very front row right next to me who is on his phone watching Hearthstone videos almost every class. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the professor has never said a thing to him. And I don't necessarily think he should. He's shooting himself on the foot by not paying attention. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's it's it, it's a little strange that the professor just lets it go. Um, but that this will be another interesting thing to see. Well, actually, maybe it won't. I was going to say that this might be this will be an interesting thing to adapt to at the new university I'm going to, my prospective larger university. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that a lot of engineering courses require you to have tablet PCs in order to be able to submit handwritten work digitally, handwritten formulas and such. Right, right. So maybe just everyone will have a computer and then, you know, whoever's going to dick around is going to dick around. Yeah, and then it's um, just like a sink or swim thing. Now, I think that ties in, too, with um, maybe I was talking about it last week. I've definitely talked about it on here before, which was um, professors end up kind of just learning to not give a shit. They just learn to care less about certain things, which is a positive thing. Like, you can't you can't hyper-regulate everything all the time. So so that may be where where that sort of attitude comes from where they're just like, you know, have whatever devices you want, do whatever you want. If you don't pay attention, that's, you know, you're only screwing yourself. Yeah. Um, I want to hear about your week, but I also want to say to cap off my week uh, and a segue from what I was just talking about, my, I have a, this Friday, a transfer student tour at my new un- perspective university. How exciting. Uh, which is very exciting. And I, I think that I will probably be hearing back from them on the status of my admission this week at some point Ooh, very exciting you're gonna nail it i'm i'm not even worried about it well thanks i appreciate it and uh, i feel pretty good about it myself but so that's that's been what's been up with me carving pumpkins is hard i haven't done it since i was uh little and it takes a lot of work my wife and i bought four pumpkins and we're gonna like we're gonna do two pumpkins each and and nope We we each did one pumpkin and now we have, now we have pumpkins that we just don't know what to do with. You can paint them. Painting them is way easier. Yeah, we thought about that. We'd have to get, we'd have to get paint very fast. Well, I don't know. We'll figure it out.
so that's been my week. Uh, how has your week been? My, oh man, my week. Oh man. They say that getting a PhD is just as stressful as getting married. Um, and I can tell you right now, I'd rather be trying to get married. <laughs> as, as someone who has gotten married, uh, what you do, like what you do in a week sounds more stressful than almost everything we had to do for the marriage. <laughs> and I mean, I don't, I don't mean to like uh, play, play the sufferer or anything like that, but God, it is a lot of work and it's a lot of work for a reason. I also found out that, um, a PhD is considered a higher degree than an MD, like a doctor doctor. Whoa. Yeah, I didn't know didn't that. Know that. But it makes sense. So, like, the, the, the reasoning behind it is that you spend more years in study a lot of the time. Sometimes, not all the time. Um, but the reason most generally that I've read, um, and if anybody wants to correct me, feel free, but um, the, the reason most generally that the PhD is considered a higher degree than the MD is because... Um, MDs study how to do things and how to like how to treat things that are already known whereas PhDs have to make a unique and new significant contribution to their field of knowledge so it's literally expanding human knowledge in some way that makes sense yeah, so that's that's the reasoning behind it that I have heard, um, and I did I didn't know that until somewhat recently. So, it it, cause it somewhat keeps me motivated. Um, but yeah, it's been a, a very trying week, um, and everybody has those undergraduate and graduate alike. Just because uh, just because you're not trying to get a PhD doesn't mean school ain't hard, cause it is. Um, a lot of it is just scheduling, which I've talked about before, um, and I will not talk about again, at least not right now. Um, but something that's been really helping me with my, my overwhelm, uh, and my, my impending burnout, honestly, um, is prioritizing is good and finding places. Like I am very affected by my environment when I study or really when I do anything. Um, and so I'm fortunate in that my university just opened up a new special, renovated study section like study area just for graduate students um which is really really cool like it's it's almost kind of sci-fi feeling like I feel like a secret agent or something because I have to swipe in with my student ID yeah I would be super super jazzed about that yeah it's super cool um and there are um, there are like standing desks, and there are like really cozy little oh, standing desks. Yeah, there's this one really cool thing that um, is crucial, and it's something that I don't pay enough attention to, and I really should. Um, there are some rooms with treadmill desks, so you can walk what? while you work. Yeah, um, yeah, it's nuts, absolutely fucking bonkers, um, but. It's super crucial, I think, particularly for graduate students. I mean, undergraduates, don't get me wrong, they do a ton of work. I know, I've been one. Um, (laughs) But there is a sense of urgency and such tight scheduling um, that just taking the 45 minutes uh, to go to the gym, like, extra. So, like, if it takes 20 minutes to get to the gym and get dressed and then you do your workout and then you take another 20 minutes to like shower and get back home, that 40 minutes of going and, and changing and all the stuff 
is time that you really need, which sounds insane that you can't take an extra 40 minutes in your day, but sometimes that's just how it is. Um, and yeah. So, yeah. So um, by putting in those treadmill desks, genuinely, they can change students' lives because um, as a graduate student, I do not have time to go to the gym. I don't. I do not. And it's too much of a struggle and too much of a hassle. Um, and exercise is a crucial component for physical and mental health. So like, it was amazing to get to, you know, stay, it sounds goofy, but like I got to stand there and do my, some of my reading for the week and walk for a whole hour, just a whole hour. And like, it's, it timed me, it kept my calories burned and stuff like that. And besides that, they've also got like these conference rooms that you can reserve to study with your friends or whatever. And also something that really struck me, um, speaking about my environment affecting me is that, um, Undergraduates and graduates alike can feel this sense of isolation, um, but particularly graduate students and even further, particularly PhD students, because, you know, only so many people pursue that path. Um, or if you're in a very unpopular um, bachelor's program or associate's program, if you don't have a lot of, you know, compatriots working alongside you, it can feel very, very isolating. You can feel like you're struggling alone, and that's not cool. So, um in, in your average PhD or master's cohort, you're going to have 10 or less people. My cohort is 10 people, and mm. it's considered large. Um, and so there are only 10 people, myself included, doing what I'm doing while I'm doing it, and they're doing it alongside me. So I only have 10, nine other people that I might feel that I can relate to. And, you know, there's no guarantee that everyone is going to mesh or even that you're going to find somebody that you mesh and connect with in a group of nine other people besides yourself. And so right. it can, it can feel so, so isolating and lonely. Um, and so you can feel like nobody in the world understands my struggle. And so going into this graduate study space, um, blew my mind. I was surrounded by nothing but other masters and PhD students. And it was just this, I mean, I would say I'm afraid I'm being too dramatic, but there's no way to be dramatic enough in this. When you feel like you are drowning and you are drowning alone, that's so scary. But even... <laughs> Even if you're still drowning, knowing that you're drowning with other people, knowing that it's not a personal failing, but that everyone has struggles like yours, can be so, so alleviating of that sense of, of, of imposter syndrome. It can be alleviating in a sense of isolation. It can be alleviating um, just so in so many ways um, just to know that, you know, you're not the only one feeling this way. You're not a screw up. You're not, you know all those sorts of worries that people have, it's not really that you're insufficient in some way. It's just that it's hard and it's hard for everyone. So having other people's struggles be visible is so meaningful and getting to see that, you know, seeing other students, oh my gosh, it was like an 80s sitcom scene. I'm sitting mm -hmm. there at a desk and this, uh, it was really, really cold. We had a cold snap one day. It was in like the forties or something. Um, and I see this student come in and he's got his arms down by his waist and he's got a stack of book that goes stack of books from the library that goes all the way up past his face. I can only see his eyes. They're just sticking out <laughs> over the top of the stack of books that's, you know, like 20 books tall. And he walks in and it starts to slip and another student 
steadies him and takes half of the the stack of books from him and walks him over to his little study cubby that we all have. And I could have sat there and cried. I was like, this, this is what I need to see. I need a sense of community. I need a sense of like, yeah, to support each other. And like, it was so, so awesome. And, and also just seeing another person buried under that much information physically was like, it was like, okay, I'm not the only person who's drowning in a sea of information. Who's, who's overwhelmed by the amount of, uh, of information that they have to, to take in and analyze and synthesize and, and put back out into something new. So, so that was super cool. Like, like finding a good space um, and finding a good community that's supportive is so crucial, um, particularly as you move forward into your more specialized classes, even in undergrad. So like if I had had, you know, a good study group or a good space um, to kind of feel supported when I was doing my junior and senior year of my bachelor's that would have been a great boon to me and I didn't have that so so seeing it now and knowing what I was missing is is pretty intense um so so that's kind of how my week's been it's been so so overwhelming and and I've had to really focus on ways to mitigate that overwhelm um and right and finding a a clean nice comforting space um, and a space in which I can exercise have been tantamount to, to life changing. Like it really saved me. Now that's not to say that I'm not still, you know, very deep in work. Uh, I've still, I've got stats homework I'm going to do when I get off of here. And I've got, you know, a 300 page book to read by Wednesday and all this stuff, so much stuff. There's always so much stuff and, and that's okay. Um, and also I just want to be real clear. I may not finish all of this stuff. And if I don't, the world will not catch on fire. I I have to remind myself of that quite often. Do you ever feel that way where you're like, oh, if I don't do every single thing on my to-do list. Boy, do I. The world's just going to totally fucking end. Like, everything's going to be over. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I have a couple of thoughts about all that. First, treadmill discs. I had never heard of them, and they sound like the most bonkers thing, and I want one so bad. I've it's been wanting a standing nice. desk for a long time, but I know standing and standing still in one place for a long time and trying to work can be hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so treadmill desks, I'm on board. Uh, that thing with the student in the book, it sounds like such a nice, small, meaningful moment. Um, it was. I'm very glad yeah, I got Yeah, that's to... so cool. And your whole, the whole, uh, everything you just said, I think, about shared drowning summarizes so much of why I wanted to make the show in the first place it was to reveal common struggles yeah uh, between people in college mm-hmm. definitely uh, so that's super cool and the study spaces thing is also very topical to be because my space at home where my computer desk I have a corner desk that I was given by uh, some family um that is a just a fucking mess it is there are so many napkins from the local chicken place on my desk and (laughs) cans of perrier and mugs i can't even see my picture of obama almost oh no you can't leave obama um i have seen a lot of almost a month have been wanting to get this sorted and have just been have just felt so incapable of cleaning it yeah. Um, one one short little tip without going into a, a classic Tanya rant would be um, ten minutes a day. It sounds goofy, but literally just sit yourself set yourself a timer. 
10 minutes, clean as much as you can in that 10 minutes and then just drop it and just go on. That's yeah, that sounds really helpful. Um, and, and honestly, 10 minutes would probably almost take care of everything on this desk. Exactly. <laughs> it's just like, starting is so difficult. Exactly, exactly. Um, it's uh, There's actually, there's like a, I don't know the Japanese word for it, but there's like a Japanese word for um, doing something for five seconds. Because, like you said, starting is the hardest part. So um, I feel like I could Google it while I'm talking about it. But basically, it's um, if you want to get good at something, do it for five seconds. And then by the time you've taking the energy that you need to start something you're you're willing to continue doing it yeah Five seconds. yep yeah i've i've found that to be uh really really true in like all aspects of things it was the same way with my english assignment that took me like six days to, to finish just mm -hmm. because i wasn't uh working on it once i started i felt very motivated to finish it yeah. Yeah, I am. Um, getting sleepy. Kaizen, I guess. It's like doing something for 60 seconds would be what it's called. Yeah, Kaizen, the one minute principle. So it's the idea. K A I S? K A I Z E N. Yeah, so if you do something for one minute every day at the same time, you'll be good at like continuing to practice that thing. And so it's how to become a, a master at something one day at a time. So like if you say, I want to practice music more often or I need to clean my house more often, then you'd be like, okay, I'm going to do it for 60 seconds every day at, at 4.05 p.m. And once you begin, you do it for as long as you want, but at least for 60 seconds. And if at the end of that 60 seconds you want to stop, stop and just go on. I should try that this coming yeah. week. Yeah, so it's it's just kind of a motivational starter thing, um, and that it's served me pretty well once once or twice. And one thing that uh, frustrates me is like, as a as a lifetime student, you see so many like study tips and like ways to improve your life and and motivational stuff and how to be a minimalist hack, and all that. Hack stuff. your mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like life life hacks um, and. Yeah. A lot of times they're great, and if they work for you consistently every day forever and you never miss a step, you're a superhero, and that's awesome. But, like, I there's a culture around it that's like, oh, we never mess up. Once I start doing this Kaizen thing or, you know, cleaning for 10 minutes a day or meditating for five minutes or whatever, whatever your, like, new little trick is, like, there's this sense that you never miss a day and it changes your life forever and now you're just perfect and never your house is never going to be messy again. And those unrealistic standards make me want to bang my head against a wall. Like, they drive me nuts. And I felt so guilty for so long about not consistently cohering to, to those little tricks and tips that I'd set for myself. And, and then you get into that kind of guilt-bashing thing where you're like, it was only five minutes a day and you couldn't even do that. When really it's like... Mm -hmm every day is different. Sometimes you've got it in you, sometimes you don't, and it's okay. So the world's not going to catch on fire if you don't do your five-minute meditation or your ten-minute cleaning ritual or, or whatever. Yeah, so. there's there's a there's a really, really deep culture of perfectionism within those kinds of self-help self -help methods. And, that, me methods. Yeah, and that's not to say that they are uh, uh, broken or not worth doing, but like, mm -hmm. like with all things, it should... Uh, it's okay to not do it right sometimes. 
Mm-hmm. And everything in moderation and all that good stuff. But yeah, so... Yeah, even success. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it's okay to mess up. It's okay to be human. It's okay to have flaws and, and all that good stuff. And also as a lifetime kind of academic, a, a professional academic, like, oh, man, it is okay to mess up. Uh, I guarantee you, no matter how amazing and perfect you think, you know, so-and-so in your field is, they have messed up more times than you can count. They've messed up big. They've goofed real hard. Um, and they've just picked it up and kept on going. So, honestly, straight up, you talked about one of the reasons why you wanted to start this podcast, which was, you know, to talk about shared um, struggles and stuff like that. And one of the reasons that I agreed to sign on to this podcast and thought it was such a good idea was I thought it would be a healthy place for me to talk about school struggles and stuff like that and, and share my experiences with others. But also I thought, you know, maybe it'll help keep me motivated when stuff is getting real hard. Um, because oftentimes we're taught, you know, if you're struggling, just keep it to yourself. You don't want to burden other people. And like, this is a good, healthy place to have those feelings out. And I sat down genuinely almost in tears because I was so stressed out. I have so much work to do. And I just felt so overwhelmed. And, and I had that feeling of, if I don't get every single thing done, the world is going to catch on fire. Um, and this has given me an opportunity to share that feeling, to talk myself through it, and to hopefully share talking myself through it and share those kind of mitigation techniques with other people who might be feeling the same way. So even if even if I don't, even if nobody listening uh, feels the same way as I do and, and works their way through it as a result, I now have worked my way through it. And getting up from this chair to go work on my stats homework, I will feel so much better than the moment I sat down. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I, um, I'm glad that this can be that kind of place for you a little bit. And I also... That was one of my uh, more selfish reasons for wanting to start this was to try and stay uh, positive within reason, but also to stay motivated and mostly just to stay engaged in some level. Even if I, even if I'm engaged in grieving my my apparent failures, socially. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, that's 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 all very good, and I agree with it, and it makes me happy that you feel that way. Yep. Um. So. I think we might um, we might cut the show a little short because it's it's late getting late. It's already ten thirty here, mm-hmm. um, which is now late for me. For some, <laughs> some somehow I don't know, uh, but I do want to share one little anecdote. Yeah, that is taking us back a step, but I think it'll be worth it. You want to know the best life hack that is that came into my life uh, in the last in, in the in my recent memory, and it's it's something that I just realized that I realized I could do that drastically changed a little thing about my daily routine that made thumps, made it so much easier. And here's here's what it is. I'm going to share my shame with you. I'm so ready. Um, when I'm doing laundry, some or, okay, I'm going to make this joke. When you're doing laundry, mm. sometimes you spill some detergent on your washing machine, like on the lid or on like the edges around where you put the in the clothes hole. Um <laughs> And I realized that would always pile up on me and I would never go clean it and it would just look worse and worse and worse. I realized I could just like 
when I'm about to do laundry, I could just like grab a dirty sock and get it wet and then wipe down the whole washing machine with the dirty sock and just throw it right back in the washing machine. Yeah. And like, then it was clean. Yeah. And I, I, I didn't have to do anything other than <laughs> just wipe it off with the dirty sock that I already had there. And you might say, well, Bradley, you've just rubbed a dirty sock all over your washing machine. And I would say, yes, I did. <laughs> and you would say, yes, it, it, that is a fact. That just happened. <laughs> I love it. I think it's a great tip. Um, I have to clean my washer regularly because my cat likes to sleep on it and she gets her hair all over my, my washer and dryer. But I love your fact, your, your tip, your life hack. Uh, I think it's perfectly legitimate. And I feel like our listeners, if they don't appreciate it, they should. Damn it, listeners, you better appreciate that life hack. <laughs> Thank you for validating my horrible strategy. You're very welcome. I'm here for it. Replacing the visible grime with invisible germs Ooh, all you over know, my washing machine. Straight up, uh, after I shower and make a big puddle on the floor, like when you're getting out and you're like dripping everywhere, uh, if it's time to wash my towel, if it's been like two or three uses and it's time to wash my towel... I'll mop up all that big puddle on the floor with my towel before I throw it in the dirty wash. That's help. That's good. Yep. So on par. We're both gross. Everybody's gross. I wish I could say that I only use my towels two or three times. TLDR, everybody is gross. That's the takeaway. Oh, right. Man, I'm sleepy. I had to think about it. I was like, what does TLDR mean? I know that's in my brain. Too long. It's been too. It's it's. Yeah, it's been too late. I need to go to sleep. It is time to sign off. Yeah, um, that's the show. I've got to open this document that I read every time. Uh, our music is Isidore's Breakfast from the album of the same name by Anna Patton. You can find all of her music at annapatton.com. That's A-N-N-A-P-A-T-T-O-N.com. Uh, and that's what I got. Do you want to... Uh, I think I want to make, you know, again, someday in the... Uh, future when we make t-shirts for this incredibly successful college podcast i think i want to make one that just says success in moderation i like that that's pretty great that one and favorite one so far yeah 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 okay um well uh we'll see you next week hopefully i'll come back uh with some information about my prospective college oh i also wanted to say uh the thing that i'm going to commit to doing this week is uh i'm going to i'm going to practice that kaizen strategy with something um yes. it might be i don't know what it'll be it might be, i i want to learn to play my mandolin better so maybe it'll be that maybe it'll be a school thing i don't know but i'll i'll report back next week with how that went for me very exciting i will i will pledge to do the same and i will make my kaizen practice uh meditating and just chilling out and centering myself so my kaizen will be chilling out and meditating and we'll see we'll we'll both check in next week and see how that goes for us yeah, that sounds awesome. Hi, dog. I heard a dog. Oh, there's a dog outside my house, I guess. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, that sounds like it would be it would be good for you. Uh, I, I have to admit that I do worry about your stress levels sometimes. I know you're in a challenging program. Yep, yep. It's just how it goes. I have to remind my cohort mates all the time, too. That's just how a PhD is. But... All right, okay. All right, but we're signing off. Um, okay, so I guess we'll... We'll see you next week, and remember that students are people, too. Bye. Bye.